0: Started watching. Have you ever seen that thing, um, Camp Crystal Lake memories? memories?
1: Yeah, I've watched it. Oh, have you? Yeah.
0: It's like nine and a half hours long. Yeah, it's incredibly and long. I started watching it last <laughs> night, and I think I got I got like three hours in, and um, I got all the way through uh, Friday four. Okay. Because that's where I am in my watching at the moment. I've been slowly so making you're my way.
1: Causing- until you can watch Friday Five. Yeah,
0: I think I'm gonna watch Five and uh and then go back and and continue watching because I was like, uh I was like, oh I'll I'll watch the movie and then get the behind the scenes because <laughs> it's on Shutter <laughs> Shutter Ding Shutter yeah. has the uh, <laughs> Shutter has um basically all of it has the Nightmare one and it has the Friday the Thirteenth one.
1: Yeah, I have to admit I'm a little sad that um that the Camp Crystal Lake Memories is is nine and a half hours because I would probably watch it like once a month if
0: it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's over. Start but it again. It's
1: like <laughs> 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 like th- that is a commitment to like you have to sit. T- I remember I watched it all.
0: In one sitting.
1: In one sitting. Um, when I was trying to lose weight. I watched it all on a treadmill. Oh, oh, that's a good idea. Garage. I was like,
0: I was like, you tried to lose weight by sitting down and watching a six no. and a half hour movie. No, I walked
1: for like, like I took breaks and shit, but like, no, like I walked for the entirety. Of that's it. not a bad
0: idea. If I had a treadmill, I'd, right? I'd probably be a lot skinnier. <laughs> Ooh. it's funny I've realized that um it's not as much fun to do the cold open anymore because you can always tell when I've started (laughs) (laughs) we've gotten to the point in producing this podcast where you're like oh she clicked record
1: (laughs) (laughs) to be fair when we when we've been talking about like food for 10 minutes and then all of a sudden you switch to something spooky it's like you have a tell
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do have some tells, I suppose. I, uh, uh, But uh, to be fair, I also have often done cold opens about food.
1: That's, that, that is true. <laughs> and don't you all feel good to know that we talk about food just as much off the microphone yeah. as we do on the microphone?
0: I feel like people probably think that they're seeing some kind of edited conversation between us. And it's like, no, this is really just a snippet of a much longer conversation. <laughs> this is actually all we talk about
1: food and spooky shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, hello kids and welcome to another mini microsode of uh, I I want to change the the name. I don't want to be mini anymore. I want it to be mini mini microsodes. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a toy from the 90s, doesn't it? Does. <laughs> mini mini microsodes. Like it, it has a it has a a little jingle.
1: With power karate action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: uh this is my spooky gay family i am your resident spooky drag queen Pissy miles
1: and i'm your resident spooky drag queen spooky sister sam baxter didn't we say we were gonna change it for you i i had said that i was going to try to change it for the mainisode because we don't actually usually do that in the minisode we don't usually say who we are
0: i know i i got a little excited it's fine. You're fine. <laughs> you don't need to know who we are. This no. is a mini-sode. <laughs> no, um, if
1: you're listening to us do episode eight of Haunting of Hill House, like <laughs> I, I'm assuming you've listened to at least seven other to episodes at least of one or show. two
0: episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny. Um, I got. I've been getting a lot of messages recently about the podcast. Uh, from from. Friends and one person wrote in to say, uh, "I say wrote in." They texted me. They're my friend. <laughs> one one friend texted me. <laughs> you got me, an actual letter. <laughs> Dear, dearest darling, is Pissy Miles. One of my friends texted me to say that uh, he really appreciated the Rocky Horror episode because he was like, he was like, I think you're analysis of why it's so important to queer culture is spot on and I don't remember what I said anymore so I was like great thank you (laughs) (laughs) um but that was that was very sweet my friend Nick wrote in wrote to me to tell me how much he he liked that episode and the other one was (laughs) I can't remember I can't remember who it was but they texted David and they were like um they're like, you know, my spooky gay family looks so great. When is it airing? Like, when is it? When is it going up?
1: <laughs> it's like it's
0: been up for a year. <laughs> it's been going for a year, <laughs> literally almost to the day. We are we are almost we are, exactly one month away from our yes, one year we anniversary. we're
1: rapidly approaching our our one year anniversary.
0: And in anticipation, uh, should we announce this in the mini set, or should we wait till the main episode?
1: I think we can announce it in the mini so you know why? Because this it's episode, officially part of it. This episode of Haunting of Hill House um actually takes place on Halloween. It does and that's perfect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: I shocked you. You're fine. <laughs> Sam literally like jumped back. She's like, oh God. Uh
1: I just wasn't expecting that level of excitement. I was
0: very excited because this is a very exciting time of year. It is August, which means it's Halloween. In
1: twenty twenty, August is Halloween. We
0: were like, "Fuck this!" Like twenty twenty has been nothing but a barrel of snakes and bees. So we were like, "We're going to we're going to angry snakes and bees." Like someone who's been pinching snakes and bees. (laughs) Um. And so we, uh, you, you know, it's weird. I what? just, I this, I totally forgot about this until we said that I had a dream last night that I was at Mima's house. Mima is our grandmother who passed away like eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I were there, and uh, there we was a hornet. No, there was a hornet the size of a football in her house, and we were <laughs> trying to figure out how to kill it.
1: <laughs> Isn't that weird? You've been well, reading the news. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, I know. <laughs> um,
0: but but anyway, back to <laughs> back to our little announcement. Uh, we decided that since 2020 has been such a, a barrel of chuckle fucks that we're going to uh, extend the Halloween season to include August, and we are going to start our celebration of Halloween in August, going all the way until October 31st, and probably close to December. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, through to Christmas. Well. <laughs> Until December 1st. I'll give you, okay. uh, and even that is pushing it for Until me. Until the but stupid
1: jingle bells come back into the intro theme.
0: The second we are done with Halloween, the jingle bells are coming back. <laughs> Do not be mistaken. I am Before adding jingle Thanksgiving? bells. Before Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is Christmas one. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. It is Christmas part one. Jason comes for part two in Halloween, or Halloween, in December. <laughs> Jesus, I'm having a stroke. Uh, yes, Thanksgiving is essentially, th- because it's kind of the same emotion. It's an appetizer. First of all, Thanksgiving is a, a, a holiday that is just drenched in appropriation and and the genocide of Native Americans. So Fair let's point. just make it Christmas part one. Fuck it. Who cares? We'll, ta- we'll we're reappropriating Thanksgiving and turning it into a celebration cuz that's all Christmas the celebration of the start of the Christmas season. Yeah. Christmas to me because I'm obviously not a Christian. Um Christmas to me is just like a big old celebration of like family and love and togetherness and uh, uh, basically Yule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is which is uh our actual holiday. Yeah. Oh, and uh for our um for any of our pagan listeners, we hope you had a wonderful uh, lunasa. Yes. this this past week, we um we we just celebrated uh, the summer solstice, and Lou is out and gallivanting and being crazy <laughs> and enjoying his day. Um, and that's how I think because Christmas to me is essentially you. This is basically the conversation we're having in the main episode. I don't yeah, know why I'm having yeah, this right let's, now. <laughs> let's shut
1: that down right now.
0: But that said, our big announcement is that we are doing the 13 weeks of Halloween, and we are going to be doing And isn't
1: it beautiful how that worked out? Because I didn't realize that that's what it was going to be when I I didn't either. the first week of August. But
0: you were the one who realized it, and, I, and you, were like, <laughs> you were like, do you know how many weeks there are from the beginning of August until Halloween? <laughs> and I was like, why no, I don't.
1: <laughs> Fuck you, ABC
0: family. I know. <laughs> Sam was like... <laughs> <laughs> There are 13.
1: 13 days, my ass. 13 13 weeks.
0: We're going to make it 13 months
1: (laughs) next. There are 13 months in the Celtic calendar. We can make this work. I
0: know. We can can do anything we want.
1: We keep the spirit of Halloween alive in our hearts all year long.
0: Every moment of every year. Um, so yes, this is the kickoff of our 13 weeks of Halloween, and we are very excited because we're starting on Halloween in The Haunting of Hill House episode 8. <laughs> yes, which is oh, what we're talking about. All oh, right, today. That's what we were supposed to be talking right. about in this mini-sode. <laughs> um, and we are going to uh, get right into it. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Um, so <laughs> my first note in this episode is that um, Steve's wife – What's her name? Lee. Lee looks like Gloria Steinem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wasn't looking that hard. I will show you. I'm gonna have to post no, a picture bo- on Instagram. I believe you.
0: She. It's something about her hair. She has that like kind of light auburny hair, mm-hmm. almost like wheat colored. Okay. Um, and then it has the blonde streak in it. And I was like, my God, she looks like Gloria Steinem. <laughs> and she has that kind of like, not that. Uh, Uh, Gloria Steinem has that like slight ever so slightly squared jaw. And that's kind of the same facial shape that Lee has. And I was like, huh, okay. All right. Now I know why she left him. Um, (laughs) Uh, yes, we actually find out why she left him in this. episode. I know we do (laughs) because Steve is what a dickhead. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I'll get to that note later. Don't you worry. Uh, Yes, so we start off with Steve in a um, doctor's office talking with his wife about fertility. Yes, yeah, so the last time lack he ejaculated. <laughs> The yes. last time he's like, no, it's been a week. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, it's been two weeks. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise.
1: The funny thing to me is that she makes that like surprised face. And I'm sitting here going like, you didn't. You didn't know that your husband jerked off, like.
0: I mean, I guess not.
1: Like really? Like is this not? Is, like I think it's just it's it's a very unrealistic portrayal of marriage, unless that unless this is heterosexual marriage specifically. But I like, mean, I don't
0: know because I guess uh, I don't I don't know how far we want to delve into all of this, but um,
1: oh, I'm already regretting saying. That. <laughs>
0: You're like, oh, I I don't want to. have No, this I just conversation. feel like
1: Sarah and I are very open about like our bathroom habits. So like, I mean,
0: yeah, I feel like most <laughs> gay and and same sex or or any kind of queer relationship, because you're with someone who often has, uh, not and not in a hundred percent of cases, but in in a, in a same sex relationship, you're in a relationship with someone who has your anatomy, and so yeah. you feel. Uh, comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. You feel comfortable talking about it, and I think queer relationships in general—not even just same-sex relationships—you're um, in a, a minority group, so it's like your sexuality is empowering, and so you are more open with your partner about it. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe I don't that. Know. I feel like the, I'm making assumptions and, and statements <laughs> that are just very. Uh, very...
1: If you're a heterosexual and you listen to this podcast, please let us know. You're terrible.
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We love all of our Please let us know if you were
1: aware of the fact that your partner probably occasionally poops, you know, does (laughs) what they do.
0: I always wonder, I'm like, do heterosexual couples like talk as much about the like non-attractive things in their life? I don't know. I'm sure they must.
1: I mean they would have to I mean if nothing else like when you pick someone that you're going to marry you you have to pick somebody who you think would conceivably like wipe your ass one day if you couldn't do it yourself mm. so like, <laughs> I, I, like to th- I like to think that I mean Sarah's gonna complain about it the entire time but she probably would <laughs> <laughs> like, or at the very least she would pay someone very nice to do it for her <laughs> but like
0: <laughs> this is Dan <laughs> He's our neighbor.
1: He's our professional butt wiper.
0: (laughs) What do you do for a living, Dan? Well, (laughs) um, he has a very shitty job. Uh, That said, we go from them talking about how they'd like to have children and having fertility tests done. He has this kind of uh, hallucination. Uh,
1: hallucination in air quotes because Yeah it's Steve. because it's Steve yeah. So he
0: saw a ghost and just won't admit it Which is basically the theme of this episode yeah. <laughs> um, And he has this hallucination of his mother Kind of at the At the doctor's office and that leads to Kind of a flashback To Hill House and he's With Hugh and Hugh is like uh, No don't help me I've paid people to do that And it's like you're clearly Not our father <laughs> <laughs> First of all, saying no, don't help me is the, is the cue that he is not our father. And second, saying I paid people to do that is the cue that he is definitely not our father.
1: Especially because he's like, it would be unsafe for you to help me because I'm using like really harsh chemicals. And I'm, I remember sitting there thinking like, dad would not have given two shits.
0: Dad would not even dad have was, had masks. Dad, he would have been like, don't breathe for five dad minutes. Dad was like,
1: I have to rewire the whole house. Grab this live end and climb up to the roof. I don't care that it's January in the middle of a Take storm. Take this
0: live wire and the gasoline up to the roof why is this so hard the
1: ladder's broken just 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 climb up it's
0: fine use your feet run up the wall (laughs) he's gonna be so mad when he listens to it and we have confirmed that dad listens to this show yes um
1: and hand me the three-eighths fucking bandersnatch or some stupid shit
0: (laughs) the shoestring mobile hand me the shoestring mobile And you're like, Dad, they don't call it that anymore. What is that? (laughs) Turns out it's a bandsaw. He's like, you're like, what are you talking about? Uh, You will all be very surprised to know that I'm actually shockingly handy. Um, And to Dad's credit, to Dad's credit, he is currently having his kitchen redone. And he is hiring people to come and help him do it.
1: I almost fell like I almost fell to the floor. I almost
0: had a fucking heart he attack. Said he said he was paying somebody to do something. <laughs> I know. Um so then we we have this little moment with Steve and Hugh in the basement and Steve uh goes upstairs after after they've been talking about um Oh, I didn't know what you were laughing Sorry. at. <laughs> I'm fine. I just saw you like laughing and I thought you were like I thought Sarah was mouthing something to you and I was like what is happening and I looked and nothing was happening and I was like that's actually perfect for this next moment because we we cut to Steve walking in on uh, Olivia talking to the wall yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve goes looking for Olivia and he finds her up in like, the art room? I, I think know. I
1: think she's actually in the twins' bedroom.
0: Oh, the, you're right. It is the twins' bedroom, yeah. and she's talking to the windows. Yes. and Because there's no one else in the room that we can see. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and you
1: get the impression she thinks she's talking to the twins.
0: She clearly does. And it makes me wonder, like, what was happening with her in that moment? Because clearly she was having experiences in this house. Yeah. But... I don't know what the house might have been making her see. Do we are are we ever made aware of what's going on in this scene?
1: Um, I'm not sure if spoiler alert, next week we have kind of an Olivia centric episode where mm-hmm. we see a lot of the things that Olivia was dealing with at the time. Um, I don't know if this specific scene is part of that or not
0: i i kind of hope it is because it was a very interesting scene and the actress who plays olivia is very talented yes carla
1: gugino <clears throat> is that I think, her name? I think that's how you say it is carla gugino
0: carla gugino yeah she's from the staten island crime family
1: yes probably. <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea if that's really a crime family. it just sounds like a crime family doesn't
0: it oh the guginos yeah they they, they own that restaurant downtown that's a that's a money laundering <laughs> screen um Miss Gugino is very talented at looking I mean she's a very talented actress but especially over the course of this series she uh, she's very good at playing to nothing yeah which is which obviously the character is seeing something but the actor is talking to a window and she is uh, she does a great job of it at least in my opinion Um, so from there we kind of come back to the night we left off on which is Halloween and it is Nell's funeral service um
1: yeah i think it's the end of the day after the funeral
0: it must be because we're picking up right, we're, where, right where luke left, left. <clears throat> yeah and uh they're trying to find luke um and basically he has run off with the with uh, Theo's car and Theo's car and shirley's, shirley's credit, credit card, card yeah and or debit card i should say because she's talking about him going to an atm to get heroin yeah. And uh, well, not to get her- to get money <laughs> for heroin. I was gonna say
1: that's a hell of an ATM. Uh,
0: <laughs> Chase, <laughs> Hank, ding. Uh, we're probably gonna have to bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically, this episode was very frustrating for me. Although it was very entertaining because it was much more fast-paced and eventful than the yeah. last episode. Um, this episode was very frustrating because we kind of see the continued kind of animosity towards Hugh and yeah. it was frustrating it was frustrating because I think we as as viewers know that Hugh didn't do anything wrong whether we have seen the evidence of that or not we know that like if Hugh had done something terrible this yeah. would not be a TV series you yeah, know what pretty I mean
1: much or it would be a very different
0: one. it would be a very different TV series is what I should say
1: um but yeah, no, it's it's very difficult to watch the kids kind of continue to berate him, <laughs> berate him, and to be just completely dismissive of everything he says. And granted, he's saying some some fairly crazy stuff sometimes in this episode. But like, Steve's just such an asshole to his dad.
0: But it's not even just <laughs> like, Steve, if I'm being honest. Shirley is very dismissive of him. Yeah. Uh, even Luke, at some points in the last episode, was very dismissive of him. Uh, the only one who is not dismissive of him is Theo. And that's only because probably of the the, The the, shared
1: experience they had at the, at the end of the last episode episode.
0: where they saw Olivia crawling on the floor. Um, So there is a moment. I don't remember exactly what was happening in this moment. Uh, Oh, I do remember basically they get a ping on, on Shirley's card and Steve decides to go follow it. And it's at a gas station near.
1: They actually leave. They're going to go look for him. They actually leave before they get the hit on the credit card.
0: Oh, you're right. You're right. They leave before they they don't
1: get the hit on the credit card until I think almost halfway through the episode. Yeah.
0: That's why I was confused. I was like, I feel like this is moving very fast in my notes. Um, I was like, what was I doing for? like? No, they're going to like
1: drive down to like kind of. A, it's, a specific uh, p- part of Boston. Wasn't it like right? Methadone... Methadone Al- Mile, I methadone think. Methadone Mile is what Steve is what called, Steve it, called
0: yeah. it. Because they were, they were going to look for him because they assumed he was going looking for drugs. Yeah, And uh, he and Hugh get in the car uh, and decide to drive off. And Hugh starts asking him about his marriage because he's like, well, clearly something is wrong because yeah. you are not together and you know there was tension at the funeral and steve goes steve tells him he, that he's like he's like you are way out of line this is none of your business blah 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 and my only it's like steve keeps saying that that uh, that Hugh is like majorly out of line and that's not how it works and it's like but hugh hasn't been anything but nice to them since he got back he's literally <laughs> like is everything okay because i'm worried and 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 Steve's he's like, like, fuck you. He's like, that's yeah, none no, of that's your not. business. And it's like, you're his <laughs> fucking son. Like what he's... Because do- you know that Steve's the type of person where like, if you hadn't asked about it, if you yeah. hadn't acknowledged it, they'd be like, well, dad saw everything that was going on and didn't say anything and he's so <laughs> inattentive and that's why we hate him. <laughs> and it's like, this man literally can do nothing, nothing right. right. Because it's just like, it, it became very frustrating because that is the that is always how they treat him and this is something we were kind of talking about before we started recording today is that the characters on this show very strictly stick to their archetype it's like they they don't have a lot of different facets they don't have a lot of different characterization it's like it's not like one moment they're this thing but then you see this other side of them a lot of times they kind of keep this Narrative moving of of what this yeah. character is, and it be, it can be very frustrating to me as a viewer.
1: I understand that. I think that the writing, I think it's an interesting concept. The fact that Steve is essentially is just the human embodiment of denial, mm-hmm. um, is an interesting concept. But it does make it a little difficult to like him as a character <laughs> or yeah. to really care about him as a character
0: sometimes. Exactly. Because, because he's constantly denying everything everyone says.
1: Yes, and he's being so obstinate and so stubborn that it's it's a little bit like, okay, you've been seeing shit all week. Like, your siblings have been seeing shit all week and telling you they've been seeing shit all week. And you're sitting here absolutely convinced that this is some kind of mental illness that only rears its ugly head uh, when you guys are upset. Like, <laughs> I don't... like the the thesis that this is some kind of mental illness that only occurs every so often is just so laughable it's it's like i know it's like this is this is such a threadbare idea and you and shirley as well have i was kind gonna of say shirley, onto it
0: yeah because shirley is the same way in this episode it's like you had the moment in your um in your basement with you know, Nell and the, the and
1: Olivia with the box and Olivia
0: with the, well, yeah, Olivia with the box and Nell and all that stuff that happened in the morgue. And, um, still we see in this episode, her continue to deny that anything, you know, quote unquote, supernatural could be happening to her. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if this is a defense mechanism or if this is just what the writer felt needed to happen to propel the story forward. But it, it, it was frustrating as a viewer because you're sitting there going, how in the world can you be having all of these like crazy experiences and not acknowledging that it's happening in front of you? I'm a, the kind of person where it's like, I see something happening in front of me and I I, I don't turn the blinders on. Like, I, I, I guess I just don't understand what it's like to be that kind of person where it's like, no, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. This can't be. Ha-. It's like. This thing is happening right in front of you. And whether or not you can explain what you're seeing is one thing. But the fact that it's happening, it, it's like you, you keep hearing banging on your doors and windows. And then you go outside and yeah. no one's there. And it's like, well, what's the answer then? Like, do, do, you, do you have Rocky Balboa the mouse living <laughs> in your fucking walls? I don't understand.
1: <laughs> that whole sequence, especially since it echoes Shirley's nightmare from episode two. I think that was actually one of the scariest sequences in this episode, Mm -hmm. especially because Theo is standing there going, we are both experiencing this. Why can't you like? I know. Like, what the hell do you think this is? And Shirley's like, oh, it's a bunch of kids pulling a prank. I'm like, how many kids are outside your fucking funeral home, like punching your walls?
0: (laughs) And where are they? Like, (laughs) what do you have, massive bushes? They're not
1: laughing or anything, (laughs) which is kind of a thing that happens in pranks a lot. I know.
0: And what? what's funny, like, that is the next scene. So it's, like, uh, all my one of my only notes was Shirley is such a pain in the ass. Because it's, like, this is actually a very scary scene to me. Yeah. Like, I think anyone, it, it's such a simple scare, but I think that's what I appreciate about it. Is that, like, we all know what's going to happen, but... It's still scary to see it happening with like the ringing of the doorbell and there's no one there and and her putting the candy outside because she's like oh kids are being annoying mm-hmm. and then she comes back in and the the knocking continues and she goes back out and there's no one there and she finally turns the porch on the porch light on and again no one there when there's knocking and Theo is there and I guess you know we're she's we're meant to think that she thinks it's Theo for a second yeah. and you know then they start to have their conversation and then. You have the really crazy moment where it's like there's banging on the windows. There's banging on the doors. She opens the door at one point right after the banging. Yeah. And there's nothing there. The door closes slowly. And the second it's fully closed, it's, there's banging on it again. Yeah. And it's like, at what point do you sit there and go, things are happening right in front of you? <laughs> what, what Like, I don't know how to describe this to you.
1: And they're happening with another person present, which is which is the thing that, again, like always gets to me is that kind of like and again, the only person who seems to like follow logic in this instance is Theo, Mm -hmm. because she looks at her father at the beginning of this episode and says, are we not going to tell them what we saw? Yeah. Yeah. Like so Theo is kind of acknowledging, okay, I this has to be real because I saw it with somebody else. It's validated. It's validated, and Shirley is still denying that it's happening, with Theo standing right there, just as afraid as she is. Yeah. And poor Theo's having a night. Yeah, like- she's had quite a <laughs> moment.
0: <laughs> it's been it's been a not so great night for Theo, to be fair. Um, but I also wanted to point out before we move Mm -hmm. on Too Far that before all of this happens to Shirley and before Theo gets there um, her husband, what's his name Mike? Kevin. Kevin. Kevin uh, takes the kids trick-or-treating and is her son dressed as Daredevil?
1: No, he's dressed like Zorro. I think he has like a black mask on.
0: It looked like like Daredevil because it was like covering his eyes and I was like way to go Netflix. cross promotion. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he is he is Zoro or Daredevil or Dare Something. Zorro? Yeah, uh, Zord Devil? Yeah, sure. I don't, I don't know what the fuck he is. Um, and sh- and Kevin is like, when I get back, we should talk. And she's like, you're not coming back. You're going back to the hotel. And it's like, oh, Shirley's gonna keep being a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah, um, and
1: also like he's gonna drop the kids off. Shirley, I I hope he's not just gonna be like, okay, kids, this is my turn off. Like go on home.
0: <laughs> He just throws them out of the car as he's driving by. She also
1: tells him to turn the porch light off because she can't deal with trick or treaters tonight. And like, I'm sitting here going, like, you don't do that. Sam's gonna come get you.
0: I know. Like Like, this is this is how it all starts. (laughs) Turn the fucking light on. Turn the fucking light on.
1: Put the candy out. Do something.
0: But like, (laughs) Cheryl, you have to you have to stay true to the. The theme of the holiday.
1: This is a trick-or-treat reference for those of you who don't know who Sam is, and I'm sorry that your life is empty.
0: And if you don't know who Sam is, you should definitely be listening in the next few weeks as we celebrate the 13 weeks of Halloween. Um, <laughs> because we might just tell you who Sam is. Um, yes, so Shirley continues to be uh, a huge pain in the ass. Yes. And she has this experience with with Theo and... Um,
1: Which is something that Theo kind of says to her during the fight that they have. Yeah. Is is kind of, you are always pretending to be perfect and you're a pain in the
0: ass. And then Shirley punches her in the boob. Yes,
1: and then Shirley Shirley (laughs) punches her
0: in the boob. Did you just punch me in the boob?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Because she has a moment where she's like, oh, my God, I just did that. And then all of a sudden she's like, no, I'm going to own it. I'm going to own that I punched my sister in the tit. (laughs) Like like I meant to do that.
0: (laughs) Karate top action. (laughs) Go, Cheryl. Yes. So and I think this is the point where uh, she gets a call that.
1: Yeah, it's right after the banging stops.
0: Sorry, I just had. I I was. I'm like. I literally watched this episode like an hour. I should (laughs) not be this confused about the the um, timing of everything. Because I think after the banging stops is when she gets a call from Steve or from their dad saying that um, he was going to the house. Right. So it must be before this that they called.
1: No, because Shirley tells them that he's going to the house.
0: But that's but. I think she gets a call from him and she at it's at this point that um Shirley tells Theo that she thinks he's going to the house.
1: I think she told them that too because she keeps saying he stopped in Amherst and Amherst, Amherst is yeah. on the way to. Yeah. She keeps saying that over and over again. It's
0: on Route two oh two north or whatever the fuck. Yeah, wherever the hell is. it is. Yeah just a few miles away from no <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a few miles away from Northern no Tom, <laughs> Massachusetts um
0: then we go back to uh Hugh and stupid in the car yes and it's funny because they have this conversation I mean previously they had the whole conversation about the kite and the line and he's the, he's the anchor and she's the kite and <laughs> which was
1: which was one of the few instances where I agree with you, the writing of dialogue is terrible in this show. And it's um, like
0: I get it, like effective and it is kind of a like every relationship is kind of like that though. So it's yeah. like whatever. But um
1: No, I get it. It was just it was a very heavy handed metaphor. And it was Yes, like,
0: it was very heavy handed. And I, I think the thing um you know, now we kind of get into the whole they start having a conversation about Olivia and that conversation kind of becomes shaped by the fact that Steve insinuates that he believes that at the very least Hugh was abusing their mother yeah if not the one responsible for her for death. her death yeah um, and it became it became frustrating for me because I was like well you were not that young at the point you were in this house he was what like 13
1: yeah no i really couldn't i couldn't pin down an age for him i think he's somewhere between 10 and 13 yeah somewhere in there
0: yeah he's got to be like just about a teenager and it's like have you ever seen your dad be anything but a doormat like like (laughs) hugh crane is the quietest most like You could literally like slam his hand in the drawer, and he'd be like, "Thank you, I deserve it."
1: Or cut it on a fan, and he didn't even (laughs) beat
0: you. And he didn't do anything, like. (laughs) But this is the man who was like beating your mother. It's like it just was frustrating because it's like, I get that they're setting up why the kids have this resentment toward him, but it just feels so put on because it's like, Hugh was not abusive in any other way. So it's like, why would this be the thing that? felt so you, am I am I yeah m- no you're making sense uh because it just felt like you've never seen any other display of this behavior and it's uh, but somehow he was abusing your mom like I I, I don't know because I know that obviously people who are abusers do not abuse everyone in their lives but especially children usually are the receptors of action like that when,
1: or at when least witnesses is. to, to that kind of violence.
0: Exactly. And I felt like to me, it felt like if this was happening, you would have seen signs of it.
1: Yeah. You, even just him having a temper, which he doesn't really appear to have.
0: Or a personality.
1: Which he doesn't really. <laughs> appear <to have>. Exactly. <laughs>
0: So it was it was a bit frustrating, this part of the conversation. Um
1: Especially because Steve is being so accusatory, and we're about to find out in like 10 minutes that Steve is like a total shit brick.
0: Oh. So like <laughs> I have I have quite a note for Steven. <laughs> Don't you worry. Um So then we kind of cut back to Shirley and and Theo. Theo. And all I could say was like, thank God, Shirley. thank God Theo was there for Shirley because what she says is absolutely right. She's like, I stayed for you. She's like, I'm a fucking doctor. You think I have to live in a carriage house? Like I did this because you're a fucking mess and you think you're better than everybody. And it's like, finally, somebody told Sheryl to shut the fuck <laughs> up. Like ha- this half a sandwich eating bitch, like shut up, <laughs> shut up. She's so annoying. And it's like, I feel for her. I I honestly truly do. But then it's like, it's all the things we've talked about. And we didn't learn exactly what I thought we were going to learn about Shirley in this episode. So I don't want to say too much about it. Later. But it's like, clearly, Shirley, you've got some skeletons in your closet and you are not perfect. But you're holding everyone to this crazy standard of perfection. And it's like, the whole idea of like, I saw what I saw and I'm not even going to talk to you about it. Yeah. And it's like if you had just let Theo talk to you
1: or your husband
0: or your husband Either like one of them. most of this episode would not exist. <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. just it's... talk to your talk to your family people, <laughs> even if you think they've done something wrong, like <laughs> talk to them <laughs> like My- don't just get
1: up on your high horse and just gallivant around the funeral home <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, Shirley's got the <laughs> horse ready, like, every second of her life. She is just standing there with her hand on the reins, just I, ready like to Princess hop up. Like Princess Godiva. Like, <laughs> like
0: um, I, my exact note was, thank God Theo is there for Shirley, who is the ice queen. <laughs> because she is. She is just, like, the coldest shoulder. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, and It's
1: like live action Frozen.
0: Basically, basically, and one of them even has to wear gloves because she's afraid of her, the powers in her hands. Yes. Um, how strange, huh? That's a funny little connection. Hmm. Um, <laughs> this is the darker side of Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut back to Steve and uh, and Hugh, and this at this point they have gotten the call from yeah. Shirley that he is on his that Luke is on his way. To the house, and they have discovered that he bought um get ga- like five, five gas cans, of cans. Gasoline. yeah, and is and is intending to, uh, burn the house down. And Hugh is like, "All right, I'm driving," and looks like it's my <laughs> rental. And he's like, "I don't give a flying fuck. Get in the car." <laughs> Um, and then we kind of have this wonderful interaction where Hugh finally tells Steve to just shut the fuck up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think my note for this scene is, thank God Hugh finally decided to nut up. Yeah. Like... Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this scene, we have Steve admit to his dad. Because Steve's dad is basically saying, like, uh, well, my, my exact note was, um... What should we call it? Oh, fuck. I lost my place in my notes. Um, oh, God damn it. <laughs> what, what, my notes disappeared.
1: <laughs> is it about why Steve is a shit Uh
0: No, it's Hugh basically says, uh, I don't know what I'd do if I lost any of you. Children are the best thing that ever happened to me. And it's like, yes, you do. Oh, yeah. like, like I, I don't know what I don't know what I would do if I lost any of you. Oh, right, now Like, oh, right. oh, there was a fifth one. Oh, right. This
1: morning we put her in the ground. <laughs> that was my. It was like
0: that was an example of where like the writing kind of becomes a little cliche to me because it's like that's like the cliche parent thing to say in a in a family drama. It's like I don't know what I would do if I lost any of my children. And it's like yeah, you <laughs> no, fucking do because one's like, dead. Like. <laughs> Well, fuck my drag, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, thanks, Dad. Yeah, and so uh,
1: today was supposed to be about me, just one day (laughs) about Nell. (laughs) Fuck Nell.
0: And I just thought, like, it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, Hugh, shut the fuck up. But then we have Steve finally admit that, um, basically, the issue that. Uh, he's having with his wife is that he got a vasectomy right out of college which is a whole my body my choice issue we're not going to discuss which is fine but um,
1: that's not the problem though the problem is that he married her knowing that she wanted children and just never told her yeah and they tried to have a kid for two years his wife was trying to get pregnant for two years and he never told her that he was shooting blanks yeah so, like, it's like, that is a kind of psychological abuse that I can't even, like... Like, that is twisted as fuck.
0: I know. And it's like, how many thousands of dollars did you probably spend on, like, IVF and tests and nonsense? Well,
1: they were about to start IVF, I think is is I think is the issue. Like, they were trying it sort of, you know, the good old college try. <laughs> um, And they were about to start sort of bringing science into it. And... I the thing is they're at this doctor's appointment and he doesn't start freaking out until she's like, Yeah, no, we're gonna test the motility of your semen.
0: And she's That's like, when
1: he starts freaking out. And it's like,
0: what did you because, think was gonna happen? Like, seriously, Steve? like
1: what did you think was gonna happen here? Like like
0: They're gonna be like, All right, try again.
1: Like with the knowledge that both of these methods require your sperm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How did you not think this was going to be a problem until just now? (laughs) Like, like, how did you get to this doctor's office? Like
0: Thinking that, like, oh, everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Oh, wait, I'm not I'm never
1: going to tell her that I had a vasectomy (laughs) and this will totally be fine. They'll just tell her I have no sperm and it's some kind of medical miracle.
0: And again, kind of proves why, like, none of... Like, these are the worst kids in the world. Because they're like... (laughs) He's like, he's putting his dad on a fucking cross about how, like, he's like, you always lied to us and you keep telling us, yeah, it's just, it's for your own good that I don't tell you this. and bah, bah, bah. I'm protecting you. Yeah, I'm protecting you. I'm protecting you. And then he's like, and then uh, he's like, so what's going on with your wife? And he's like, I didn't tell her because I was protecting her. And it's like, shut the fuck up. You stupid, slimy asshole. Um, it was just, it was so frustrating because it's like, my God, you don't see the parallel yeah and it's like any reasonable adult would look at this and be like huh maybe I'm being a little bit of a dick about this you know what I mean
1: it's also something of a miscalculation on the writing staff's part because like up to this point we've been kind of led to believe that Lee was being unreasonable about not wanting to see Stephen like we Mm -hmm. were supposed to feel bad for him like, not knowing what happened, we were supposed to feel bad for him. Yeah. And then we get to this thing, and I think that they're treating it as less of a big deal than it really is.
0: Yeah, it kind of felt like, like they... Like, he had this shame about his family and this, like, mental illness that was yeah, running it's, rampant. And it's so, all about Steve. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about Steve. And he was, he was quote-unquote, doing it to protect her and their future children and blah, 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 blah. And it's like... But, like... You knowingly put yourself in this situation. It's like if you know you have this thing about you that scares you and you know you have this thing about you that you like when I met David, I made my intentions about being a parent very clear. And I was like, whether or not I am in love with this person, yeah, I would not rob like if I'm in love with this person, I especially would not rob them of something they wanted for yeah. my own selfish gain. Because that is a, a relationship based on lies. And it's like, oh, maybe someone should explain that to fucking Steve. Because, uh, or, or maybe even the writers of this show. Because it kind of feels like they're trying to say, well, it's well, not his fault. Reason, he had a good reason, Yeah. And it's, like, it's
1: like, he didn't have a good reason for lying about it for two years. Like, he might yeah. have a good reason for not wanting to have kids. But that's not a good reason to do what he did to her.
0: Or like, even to <laughs> say, like, this person wants kids. And I don't want to pass along whatever this mental illness, I believe, is running rampant in my family. And it's like, why wouldn't you be honest and say, listen, I have these concerns about my family, about my DNA, about being a parent. I would be more comfortable adopting. Right. Like, why would There's you more not- than
1: one option for having a child.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, And it makes me so frustrated because, especially as a queer person, it's like, I just... I don't see parent, I don't see blood lineage as like and I know that people have different opinions about this but like blood lineage just does not mean a lot to me it's like that's not my that's not necessarily my family my family is like the people I keep around because they are the closest to me and they are my family and it's like why is this why is this such a make or break situation that you would be so dishonest not to say like listen i love you and want to have a family with you but we might have to have uh we might have to have a family in a a different way we might have to have a family through different means to yeah. get what we want that was what was frustrating about it to me and it kind of came off as like it just came off as selfish like you said it was very it was it really turned me off to him
1: yeah so there's that <laughs>
0: For that very now, now that we've had that very serious conversation about (laughs) adoption, yeah,
1: don't fucking lie to your spouse about like things you want in your life that require their, their commitment and energy and time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um. And after that, Hugh goes, "Oh, is that what you think? Let's have a little conversation about this." Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so you're going like. yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) basically my my only my my only note here was suck on that steve (laughs) because hugh basically lays down the law and says i know that you think you know what happened and he's like i read your stupid fucking book yeah but um he's like he's like you proved that you saw a ghost and yet you lied in your book in your book and And Steve is like, that's impossible. And he's like, like, oh, you saw a guy in old timey clothes with a handlebar mustache fixing the clock.
1: In the the late 80s, early 90s.
0: (laughs) When hipsters didn't exist yet. And he's like, let me tell you a little something about witness marks. (laughs) Which is the title of this episode. Yes. Um, And basically what it comes down to is that Hugh points out to Steve that there were ghosts in the house and that Steve in fact saw one because he never had anyone come and fix that fucking clock. And it's like, he's like, I didn't tell you these things because I thought it, it was protecting you. And he's like, we're not like without saying it, he basically implies like, we're not so different. See, like stop yeah. treating me like I'm a fucking douchebag because <laughs> I made this decision to protect you. And I made these decisions to try and give you a normal life and you threw it in my face. And And also your brother's
1: in danger right now, so maybe now is not the fucking time.
0: And that was the thing. He was like, your brother's life depends on you understanding that what you're doing is fucking ridiculous. And... I was like, "Thank you, like, thank God, they finally gave Hugh like this great redemption monologue because I, he deserved it more than like anything." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's actually really funny because the first time I watched this series, I was kind of meh on Hugh's character. Like, I was kind of like, "Okay, whatever. Like, it's Hugh. Like, this is <laughs> fine." Like, oh,
0: it's Hugh. He's he's
1: kind of he's kind of a douchebag for not telling them anything. Like, that's kind of sucky. And then, like, this time, like, I'm, like, 100% aboard, like, the Hugh Stan train. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm like, no, Hugh is a good man who has never done anything wrong, (laughs) and five of you can go eat it. Like. (laughs) like,
0: You ungrateful (laughs) bastards. (laughs) Like, you
1: ungrateful little pricks. Like, 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 look at the difference two years makes. I know. (laughs) Somewhere dad is sitting here going, like, I just have to wait. And then some, some.
0: dad sitting at home going oh are you really this introspective are you <laughs> oh you want to talk
1: <laughs> you want to talk about your upbringing <laughs> go up to the roof with a live wire. <laughs> we love you
0: dad yes we do um so then we cut back to Cheryl and uh Cheryl Cheryl uh it <laughs> sounds like Cher is always the one saying her name Cheryl <laughs> Uh, wagon wheel Want to see uh, <laughs> Cheryl and Theo are driving in the car and they're having an argument because Theo is once again trying to tell Shirley that she's being an unreasonable idiot she's trying and to apologize yeah
1: <laughs> she's trying to like, like I'm sorry
0: yeah and it kind of explodes into this fight and then we uh, we get the moment that you didn't like the first time. No, I wasn't a fan of this the first time it happened. Did you wanna did you wanna talk about it?
1: So they're arguing and they're going back and forth, and all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, out of the back seat, <laughs> Nell comes like rocketing into the front seat and she just screams.
0: <laughs> it reminded like, me of Mrs. White in Clue when she's like, please! And she smashes yeah. the, the glass. Because it was basically Nell being like, Stop it! Like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> And um, thank
1: goodness for Nell, because they both freak out. They pull over, and I sit here going, like, was that a prank, Sheryl? <laughs> like, was it just kids, Cheryl?" Cheryl. And Theo comes, like, rocketing out of the car going, you saw that. You saw that, right? Like, <laughs> like, like that was her. <laughs> like, like yeah. you can't lie about And Shirley's standing there, like, you can see the wheels turning in her head for, like, some kind of bullshit explanation.
0: hmm
1: <laughs> And then Theo turns into Hamlet.
0: I know. <laughs> for,
1: like, five minutes.
0: I know. It gives this, like, soliloquy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and again, this was <laughs> this was a kind of a, a moment where I was a bit critical of the writing. but
1: Kate Siegel did a good job though. Kate yes,
0: she did a great job. but again, I was I've my criticisms, as far as this show goes, are almost exclusively for the writing because I think there are some there are some major holes, especially in this monologue, if I'm being honest, because basically what Theo admits is that, she touched Nell's body mm-hmm. and she felt this nothingness this like overpowering nothingness
1: existential dread
0: existential dread essentially yes and she was like well is that where she is now is that where mom is is that what happens when you die that there's just nothing and she it, she basically like says that she was trapped in this thing where she couldn't feel anything and that's why she was drunk at the funeral and that's why sh- all this shit happened and she basically became overpowered by this nothingness and was like in a cloud of darkness and that was why when the lights went out and she was in the basement, she saw this like beacon of light and went toward it. And it was Kevin and maybe tried to
1: kiss him. Perhaps tried to kiss him, but either way he pushed her away.
0: He so pushed that. her away and said no. And it brought her out of this like dark episode she was having. And she finally started to feel things and started to grieve and it like it fixed her. And that was when Shirley walked in and, uh, and caught them and thought that something had been happening now i remember liking this explanation a lot better the last time (laughs) i watched this um this time it felt a little bit like i don't know if i would believe someone if they told me (laughs) that uh it was just it was very strange and especially because it's like she's a lesbian. So yeah, I, I was like, if it had been that like, she had this vision of like being in the nothing and she saw that girl that she had gone on the yeah. date with from the bar and she went to kiss her and then the lights snapped on and it was Kevin and it was like, I'd be like, okay, I, that, that I can see. But like her trying to kiss Kevin cause she can't feel anything in the dark. It's like a little bit convoluted and, it's also just, it's such a, like, the
1: whole purpose of this monologue is to explain why this happened,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is really just, it's trying to explain why we wrote it in. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not really an explanation that has anything to do with the characters and has everything to do with the writers. Exactly. <laughs> it's, this is why we put this bullshit drama in here for no reason. Like, it didn't really further
0: the story in any way. <laughs> it
1: really didn't. And I mean, like, as annoying as that whole arc was, and it lasted what, two, three episodes, yeah. I think. Like at the end of the day, that's all it really is, is it's it's annoying. But mm-hmm. like, I don't feel for Shirley. I feel bad for Theo, kind of.
0: Because of the Nell thing. Because but of then the Nell, Nell thing, but like As a queer person, then I'm also the rest turned of- off
1: by like As a queer person, I'm turned off by the whole thing
0: yeah because it, it kind of like i i don't know it feels like a straight person writing a gay experience to me a, a little, little bit like or their idea of like i i, I don't know it, it it felt very dismissive of a lot of things about a queer like, life <laughs>
1: I understand the whole idea is like when you're in that like sort of existential spiral, like you just grab for anything. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter what it is. And while I understand that that's kind of where they're coming from, you have to be so careful with queer representation in media. Like,
0: and not just that, but like, uh, because I think that's very valid. You do have to be very careful with queer representation in media because it, to people who are not familiar with, with queer stories or, or queer lives or queer people. Um, it kind of casts this shade of doubt on it. Yeah. You know, but,
1: and I want to be clear, like we have not been led to believe that Theo is like bisexual or pansexual or anything like that. Like she's never explicitly stated to be a lesbian, but she, she's never shown any interest in romantic or sexual relations with a man in the series. We have no reason to believe that she's not a lesbian.
0: Right. Exactly, and then on top of it, it's like there are so many ways this whole thing could have been explained. Yeah. That just didn't end in a a a, a queer person doing something ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I, I think. I think it also just like if you were really concerned that not enough was happening like why not just throw more spooky shit in like we talked last we talked last episode there were almost no scares there was like one big scare at the end and that was kind of it like I get that it's about the human drama but like I think that this was needless human drama that Mm -hmm. could have been you would have been better off putting in more spooky shit to be perfectly honest like it was just it was a you took a you took a swing and you totally missed the ball
0: yeah, it was like swinging for like, the fences. You missed
1: the ball and threw the bat into the stands. Yeah. Like, like.
0: and, and, it, and it hit a 10-year-old. In the face. <laughs> Who was there on the Wish program. Like, like <laughs> okay. you, you literally fucked this up as far as you could fuck it up. And it just felt very disingenuous. It felt very, um, like, kind of offensive, if I'm being honest. Um,
1: Especially since Mike Flanagan has said that, like, Kate Siegel wanted... To play Theo as a lesbian because it's subtextual in the book. And th- mm-hmm. she wanted to explore that as part of the series. So it's kind of like.
0: Here's this golden opportunity thrown yeah. in the well. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, even the lesbians still end up accidentally fucking their sister's brothers. Like, oh, that's how this goes.
1: It was a little bit like, we really want to make this drama and we really want someone to kiss Shirley's husband so she goes off the fucking rails. Mm -hmm. But the only living sister that we have is gay. Yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) And that was how it felt.
0: It's like, I I felt like, it. uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think they wanted to have some kind of drama between these two sisters. And it was just like, again, not to be, not to be. The thing is ge- they- Not to generalize, but, like, it comes off as, like, well, what... Co- it comes off as a straight man saying, well, what causes drama between two women? A man.
1: They also just, like... They already had it. Theo took Steve's money. Like, you already yeah. had a thing for for Shirley to be up on her horse about. Exactly. You also had the fact that Theo knew Kevin took Steve's money and never told Shirley, which mm-hmm. is actually a betrayal of trust. Yeah, and you had something there already you didn't need to make them do that like, exactly like it's a little bit like when when kids play with barbie dolls like it's a little bit like okay and make them kiss it's like no don't do that <laughs> like,
0: like
1: you don't always have to make them kiss sometimes I know. sometimes they stay 6 feet apart and wear masks because it's safe
0: yeah exactly <laughs> Oh, that was, I will say that was my biggest complaint about this scene is that it just didn't really, it didn't feel like it justified the moment. It didn't, because it kind of was like her saying like, well, it's only a minor misunderstanding because I actually did try to kiss your husband. And it's like, what? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like (laughs) it's just like that's not a minor misunderstanding, Theo. You tried to kiss him.
0: (laughs) I know, and it just felt very strange to me. It did not feel like a queer experience. It did not feel like like what a gay woman would do, even in a even in a dire situation. It just didn't feel like a gay experience. Not
1: like that. Like it would be one thing if she had like, I don't know, like hugged him or like buried her head in his chest and started crying, like. Like, there are so many ways to be physically close to somebody that aren't sexual and aren't romantic. Mm-hmm. That having, giving it that, that twinge to it, especially for Theo, who's an empath and just had to take off her fucking gloves and
0: Touch grab something. his hand. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> she could have shook his damn hand and gotten the same thing.
0: <laughs> or like, poked him in the nose. Like, poop. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> cuz that was that was the other thing that kind of bothered me about the whole monologue this whole explanation for theo just like felt very very strange in that she goes on and on about feeling nothing but i don't feel like any of that was exemplified in the previous episode it's like what did you only write the first 7 episodes and then you're like oh shit we have to finish this and then and then you started writing this like the day you were supposed to shoot it. I, it didn't make sense to me. She's like, I felt nothing. I wasn't there. I felt no emotions. Bah, 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 bah. And it's like, it's like
1: you were angry as fuck. All you were the wh- Angry like- and
0: clearly <laughs> grieving and like sad. It's like she falling off the couches. Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. She just like, it really did, was not cohesive. It felt like a very poorly written moment for Theo. No, it, it,
1: it felt very much like the writers explaining themselves and not the characters is what it comes down to.
0: Exactly. And it, it it felt a little bit like... It felt like self-congratulatory. Like, oh, look at this thing we wrote. Of of like, oh, look how good we are. We, we led you on this goose chase. And it's like... But it wasn't, they were they were plastic geese. Like, this wasn't, <laughs> it, the, the, there was no reason to chase them. They weren't moving. It's that like, one
1: terrible goose from Twitter. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <It's> like, <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, so, so, then, so, uh, so then we go to Luke. He is in the house. He is pouring the gasoline. And uh, he decides he's going to torch this motherfucker. Yeah. And he throws the. Turns into
1: Max from Hocus Pocus for a second. Yeah. <laughs> he makes fire. Uh,
0: He and he makes fire in his hands and he throws it into the The petrol and it it, like it does like a light burn for a second and then whoosh whoosh. (laughs) and then it's gone. He's like, what the (laughs) fuck? And then uh, Olivia shows up. Yes. And distracts him for a second
1: in a red dress for some reason. Is not that explained? I I think it probably is explained in later episodes, but
0: in the next the, episode of the last one cuz we only have two episodes left.
1: Yes, that's right. We only have two episodes left.
0: Which is a little sad.
1: It is a little sad. It's also a little bit After we spent
0: like the last 45 minutes <laughs> complaining about this one. We're like we're like, "Oh no, there's only two left." To
1: be fair, we were complaining about uh, about a particular story element that was late. Yes,
0: and Steve. And Steve. We and didn't Shirley. complained
1: about Steve and Shirley.
0: <laughs> so most of the cats. <laughs> we really only like Theo
1: and Luke, is what it comes down to, and we also like <laughs> Nell.
0: But Nell, sadly, is not. And in we a lot
1: weirdly stan Hugh, is what it comes. down Which, to
0: Which, again, we—I didn't particularly do the first time I watched it, but the second time, it's like, huh, I was wrong. I,
1: I, <laughs> I was wrong, Hugh. You're, you're all right.
0: I watched this with the wrong glasses on. I, <laughs> I think. like the
1: cut of your jib, Hugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. And so the episode ends with a ghost behind Luke, kind of uh, grabbing him from behind around the face.
1: Yes, <laughs> she just grabs his entire face. And I said,
0: I said, what if that ghost is just blind, <laughs> and she wants to know what he looks like? <laughs> poor this poor one, these ghosts are so misunderstood. One of them is helping out fixing the fucking clock. This yeah, one's seriously. blind and just wants to know who's in her fucking house, like. <laughs> Maybe Hill House is just gravely misunderstood. Olivia just misunderstood. wants a family
1: reunion. Exactly. Like. She
0: just wants the family to come home. And I mean, granted that and she die, strangles but them yeah, to death no. but, or breaks their well, necks. Yeah. But, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, that is episode eight. Yep. And honestly, as much as I had to complain about was far better than episode seven.
1: Yeah, no, it is definitely better than episode seven, at least in the fact that there are scares.
0: It had some really one. good scares in this one. The
1: banging particularly. The
0: banging really <laughs> got me. I think the Nell jump scare yeah. was <laughs> effective. And upon second watch was more than just a jump scare. It really kind of had a story element to it. Yeah. Uh, Now that I had a chance to consider it. Because I think in the moment you're so scared and you're like, well, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And then you realize it's like, oh, well, that was clearly Nell being like, stop it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and FYI, it got me again. Did it? Yeah, it did. I I had no idea the timing of it, so I was
0: You're just sitting there, white knuckled on your on your <laughs> so I was recliner, just sitting there and they're
1: arguing in the car, and I'm like, "It's coming! It's coming! It's coming!" Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then it happened. <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so it's a very effective jump scare. It's which it is, is. The, it's the best kind of jump scare, which is it'll get you more than once.
0: It will. Although I will say knowing that it was coming this time made it much more bearable.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think it, it was quite as much. It's a little bit like when you, when someone sends you a video and it's like underwater and you're sitting there going like, there's going to be a shark in this video.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Like, and you're sitting there like with the phone, like five feet away from <laughs> but
0: you. But eyes glued to <laughs> it. The
1: eyes glued to it. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. And eventually the shark pops in and you just go, oh, fuck. Son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> but you're not like, shitting your pants terrified it's more just damn it like i knew this was coming i knew this was coming
0: (laughs) all right kids that's it for episode eight of uh haunting of hill house i hope you enjoyed it happy uh beginning of halloween season this is our first of 13 weeks of halloween Happy
1: october negative 58
0: (laughs) negative 58 i actually did the math (laughs) did you (laughs) yes i did We need to get you a hobby. <laughs> uh, all right, kids. This uh, is my hobby. <laughs> you're like, but this is my hobby, counting to Halloween. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will be back on Thursday with more My Spooky Gay Family. We have a very, very uh, silly episode planned for you this week. So tune in on Thursday. And until next time, stay spooky and remember.
1: You ice people out. You always have. I ice people out? Uh, Have you met yourself? So I chose to live there to help try and keep you warm. You fucking suck at apologies. I don't have to live in your guest house. I'm not some bohemian weirdo. I'm an adult. I am a fucking doctor. You're fucking slut. I just need you to know. That it wasn't Kevin's fault and he didn't don't do anything. don't fucking dare defend my husband. All of us, all of us are just always helping you keep up this idea in your head that you're perfect Shirley and we're just a bunch of fuck ups fucking up perfect Shirley's perfect fucking life. OUT! No! no! You do not just get to shove me out of your life.
0: <gasps> Did you just punch me in the boob? My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from The Haunting of Hill House, distributed by Netflix 2018. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara.